The Euroallegiance podcast is brought to you in part by the generosity of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Visit patreon.com forward slash the Euroallegiance podcast for bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, merchandise and more. Now, let's get to this week's show. My wallet is sobbing. I can hear it, from, I can hear it in the hall now. It is breaking down crying. Turns out that Attila, the arrogant so-and-so, he's got a fake hammer. Oh, a fake? Yeah. Whoa. As I say, dick. Welcome to episode 39 of the Euroallegiance podcast. This is our Road to Allegiance Con, the Euroallegiance podcast, Road to Allegiance Con. Just the three of us tonight. Um, today, whenever you're listening to this, hopefully before Legion's Con, that would make the most sense. Um, we have this week had an amazing story from Jeremy Gerard related to the uh, G-Con wave uploaded on Source Horseman. We had a little chat with Jeremy about it and told him how awesome it was. And we asked him if we could record our version of it for the show. And he was more than happy to let us do that. So... Firstly, I'm just going to introduce Mal. How you doing, Mal? I'm all good, thank you. You gonna you got to get that voice uh, nice and get that chamomile get, get that <laughs> get that chamomile tea into you there quickly and honey, you know, just just neck back. Oh, uh, oh no, that's not good for the voice. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Mal is going to be doing a lot of reading in a couple of minutes' time. Um, and Rich, how are you? <laughs> that's not the scapular voice you can use okay we've said this three or four times now sorry <laughs> it would be great no, but it just wouldn't work with me and mal doing all serious and then you come in with oh what? you know you're doing a robot chicken scapular <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we're talking a big game here but you know we have to actually do this thing you know this is the yeah. other thing you know, well, I, I need to go and get changed, put my costume on in a minute before we start recording. So bear with me. <laughs> well, it is Halloween, so I'm sure you have something. You know, it's just been Halloween last night, so we're into November, guys. This we're recording this in the first of November. Barring disasters, you're going to be listening to this uh, at the third of November. Amazing. Uh, what did we say? Ninth of November is cheek is cheekon? No. No, 9th of November the, is intern. 10th, 10th of go, November Rich. is GCon. So this time this, in a week, I will be week. three hours away from landing in New York. Wow. That's amazing. So excited. That's amazing. <laughs> so excited. It's ridiculous. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to avoid all disasters to everyone around me. You know, I don't want any mess ups. It's too much. It's too much for me now. I need to go, I need to go to hibernation like a squirrel for a week and then just come out from under that tree. Well, anyway, here we go. Here's our version of the story that Jeremy uploaded to Source Horseman this week and the story that pre preludes G-Con this year. Hope you enjoy it. We're going to enjoy recording it. Take it away. Future John, Mal and Rich.
Red Star of Kubaira, written by Jeremy Gerard and performed by the Euroleans podcast. Do you see it? The apprentice asks hopefully as the master busily records his calculations in a large, well-worn ledger. I do, the master replies without looking up from his work. It is clear as can be if you know what to look for. Go ahead, see for yourself. The apprentice moved towards the astronomy instruments eagerly, pressing his eye on the lens so he can see the view of the sky that his master has been studying. As promised, the celestial body is clearly visible through the lens. The red star of Kubaira can be seen beginning to make an appearance in the skies above Mythos. I can see it, the apprentice exclaims, unable to contain his excitement. It has been decades since the red star was last observed, and the unpredictability of its appearance has made studying this mysterious celestial body difficult for the scholars of the convocation of Basilia. Within the year, it should be visible to all of Mythos with the naked eye, at least for a short while, the master says as he closes his ledger. Now is the time for seekers of fortune to prepare for important endeavours, should you believe the stories about the star's appearance and the good luck it brings. You don't believe those stories, do you? The apprentice asks. He has studied under the master for close to ten years, and he has never known him to give to, to rumour or fanciful stories. His master is a member of the Library of Agbendor. He is one of the Order of the Learned who live within its vast halls, dedicating their lives to tireless study and an understanding of the works of the world. All stories have some truth to them, the master remarks. But the idea of the Red Star of Kubaira being some kind of magical presence, or even the Great Mother herself watching her children from the sky, those are the kind of silly stories told by travellers to pass the time on a journey, or parents to lull their children to sleep at night. There is no evidence that it is anything other than one of many bodies existing in the skies beyond Mythos. I find it interesting that you are so quick to discount the idea of magic or divine presence here in Ophidian where magic exists more surely than anywhere else in the realm. I do not doubt the presence of magic, the apprentice replies. But there is a marked difference between the definable magical phenomenon and penny empty stories into amused drunkards and children. You forget yourself and your position, the master scolded as his apprentice's words begin to grow bolder and more heated. My apologies, master, the apprentice says as he bows his head. You are correct. I should have held my tongue. It will not happen again. I have no problem with you speaking your mind, the, the master answers as he rises from his seat and returns his ledger to a bookcase filled with similar volumes, each of them records of the Red Star of Kubaira and the unusual events which have taken place during the times that it has appeared over the ages. Studying these events has become the master's life work, and it is a dedication to that calling that he has now spent years trying to instill in his apprentice. My comments and my concerns are more about your closed mind than your loose tongue, the master says to his young charge. You're a learner. As such, your mind should be open to all possibilities, however childish they may seem. I have much to learn, the apprentice remarks. Yes, you do, the master agrees. But being stuck here in these dusty halls of Agbendor is not always the way to learn the necessary lessons. The master reaches into a large trunk and pulls out a pair of well-worn travelling cloaks. He throws one to his apprentice and the young man catches it as he looks at it with a confused expression. 
Put that on and follow me, the master commands. And before he can be questioned, he adds, And no questions until we've arrived. glasses of mercurian red if you would my lady the master addresses the barmaid at the small tavern they now find themselves in where are we the apprentice asks his master has led them to one of the library's annexes an area that the apprentice could not recall ever visiting despite his nearly decades of time as a student at the convocation of basilia stopping at the end of a long corridor the master took the apprentice through a small doorway a doorway which amazingly led out of the grounds of the library and into the broom closet of this tavern. No one seemed to pay the two scholars any mind as they exited the closet and took their place at the table they sat at now. We are in Mercurios, the master replied, but we are in the far north of that island, in a town called Dorin. It's close enough to Leandor that it did not slip into ruin like the rest of Mercurius once the Colosseum fell, but it is still separate enough from the kingdom of the lion that it functions somewhat independently. It is a wonderful place to get away from the dramas of the realm for a bit to clear one's head. Is that what we are doing here, clearing our head? The apprentice asked. Ah, yes, thank you, the master says as the barmaid places two large cups of red wine on their table the contents nearly spilling out of their containers. Another reason I love this place is the generous pause. The master hands the barmaid a few coins and nods. Please leave us now, he says with a tone of authority. My friend and I have much to discuss and we do not wish to be disturbed. The barmaid nods and leaves the pair to their wine and their conversation. Make yourself comfortable, the master replies as he takes a hearty sip from his cup. I have a story to tell you, and it will take some time. So is this why you brought me here then? To tell me a story and to instruct me in a new lesson? Why did we need to leave the library for that? Why bring me here? And how does that portal work? Do the others at the tower know of it? I brought you here because this is where it all began, my boy, the master replies. This is where I decided to dedicate my life to the study of the Red Star of Kubaira. The apprentice is silent and the master begins his tale. I chose to study the Red Star, but you did not, he says to his apprentice. It was assigned to you as a focused field of study. The Order of the Learned did this because of my age and a relative obscurity of my field of expertise. You see... There are many magical disciplines and areas of focus that are quite popular with the students of Ophidian. The study of an obscure celestial body which appears sporadically in the heavens and which has not been seen in many decades is not one of them. The Order believes that all knowledge must be passed on and that all fields of study should con be continued. This is why you came to me nearly ten years ago. You were meant to pick up my work once I am no longer able to carry on. Is this unusual? The apprentice asks. Not really, the master answers. It happens with all the less popular fields of study, and then any that do not have new students volunteering to explore that field. 
But I fought against it when they notified me of their intention to make you my apprentice. Why is that? Rest assured, it was nothing personal against you. I wanted someone who was as passionate about the Red Star as me to take up my work, not someone for whom it was simply an assignment. The master takes another long drink from his cup. I fought against the appointment, but I obviously lost that debate. So I decided to make the best of a situation and teach you what I knew. And I will say that you have been a very diligent student all these years. Thank you, Master. The apprentice replied. But, the Master continues, my fears have never abated. You are diligent in your studies, but you do not have the call of a true believer in the Red Star. You watch the heavens out of a scholarly curiosity, which I can appreciate, but I wish for more from whomever will inherit the legacy of my work. This is why I've brought you here today. I will tell you a tale that I've never told anyone before, and perhaps you may begin to see the Red Star as I do. The master leans back in his chair. The room bustles with activity, but no one seems to take much notice of the master and his apprentice. And the story continues uninterrupted by the happenings of the tavern. When I first came to Ophidian, my area of study was meant to be apparition. I fancied myself as following in the footsteps of the great witches and wizards who banished Poxus and his army back in the day, helping to win the first great war by striking such a decisive blow against the enemy. I was in my fifth year when myself and a group of other apparition students began to hatch a scheme to create a portal out of the school. It just so happened that one of the students came from Mercurios, where their family ran a small inn and tavern. This small inn and tavern, in fact. She knew the place intimately, having grown up under its roof. And so we used that knowledge to help us build a bridge from the library of Agbendor to the closet in the back of the inn. I think we all expect the masters of the school to catch us and put a stop to it, but they never did. We were a pretty talented bunch, and the bridge worked just as we had planned. The trick was that you had to have come from Ophidian to the inn for the doorway to allow you back through. I always thought that little added security, which prevented anyone from jumping into the library who had not come from in the first place, may have been why we did not arouse any suspicion or get caught. Or perhaps it was the good fortune of the Red Star showing us favour. Either way, the doorway worked and we were able to come visit this fine establishment as often as we saw fit. You may find this hard to believe, but I was not the best student in my time. Talented, yes, but lazy. I was certainly not as diligent as you. While my fellow apprentices began to focus on their studies more and more in the years after these events, I found myself neglecting education by using the doorway more frequently and spending generous amounts of time here in Mercurius. I realised now that I was searching for something, but I did not know what. Eventually, what I was seeking found me, and I discovered my true calling. It was a quiet night here in the inn, and I was enjoying a tall glass of Mercurian red as I tried to make sense of my studies. Apparition had become to bore me. I questioned my place in the conversation and whether I actually had what it took to become a master someday. There were a few other solitary travellers in the inn that night, but everyone kept to themselves and no conversations could be heard. My studies were going nowhere, 
and I found myself blankly staring at the pages of book when I heard a voice say, May I join you, my good sir? I looked up to see a man I'd noticed before then, and one whom I'd never seen in the inn previously. He was dressed in fine red robes and wore a silver mask that completely covered his face. His appearance was unusual, but Dorin is a port town, and such it sees a fair amount of unusual and exotic visitors, so this stranger's appearance did not cause me too much surprise. There was something intriguing about him, in fact, and I found myself inviting him to take a seat out of both politeness and curiosity. He sat down and introduced himself as Amir, which I realised later was a title rather than a name. I immediately questioned the mask that he wore. It is a custom of my people, he answered, explaining that he was a traveller from afar far shores of Etheros. One of the cultures who spend a good portion of their lives in the seas and for whom trade and commerce are so important. His people wear their masks when meeting those outside of their own clan of merchants. It was meant as a way to hide emotions during negotiations, since the business of doing business was such a key part of their lives. We began to talk casually. He asked me about my studies, clearly seeing that I was a student, and I asked him what brought him to Mercurios. Keep in mind that this was many, many years ago, before the fall of the Colosseum, and he explained that the contests of the arena were why he was travelling at that time. He was passing through Dorin on his way to the Colosseum. I was not one to follow the fights of the Mercurian arena, but even I knew that there was a big contest happening that had drawn spectators from all across the realm to come and visit and see the spectacle. That is where he was headed as part of some business venture he said he was working on. This is when he mentioned the Red Star of Kubaira for the first time, telling me that he was fated to succeed in his endeavour because of the Red Star would be in the sky. Like you, I heard fairy tales of the Red Star of Kubaira. The most popular one was that actually the great mother, Selene, up in the heavens, looking down on children whom she had left behind. Supposedly, when the star appeared, it was the time of good fortune, for the great mother was shining her light upon those who followed her still. Again, these were fairy tales that I had heard as a child and paid no mind to as adult, but my companion that evening told me that there was truth to those stories. He explained that the star was not the great mother, but another divine being who had visited Mythos a number of times over the years. The stories of the good fortune being found by those who worship the light of the Red Star of Kubaira were indeed true, he explained. In fact, he had recently formed a group made up of some worshippers. He called the group the Sons of the Red Star. The apprentice gasps at the mention of this name. The Sons of the Red Star were widely known across Mythos as a band of mercenaries. Truth be told... Calling the sons mercenaries was a gentle way of describing the dealings of this shadowy group. Calling them criminals and assassins would be more accurate description. For there were few deeds too nefarious for this band of cutthroats to be involved in. Even in the learned circles of the schools of Ophidian, far away from the dark alleys and shadowy corners of where the sons plied their trade, the stories of these criminals and the importance of avoiding dealings with them were well known. The name is obviously familiar to you, the master says. 
But again, this was long ago, well before the Sons of the Red Star had gained the reputation they have today. You said this man you met formed the group, the apprentice says. Was it actually him? Was it the one they call the Crypt Breaker? He didn't use that name, the master replies, and it could well have been another member of that group, for they employ trickery and misdirection as a matter of course in their dealings. But I have always suspected that it could indeed have been the Crypt Breaker. The master shifts in his seat and takes another long drink from his cup. You've barely touched your wine, he says to his apprentice. Drink up. You'll find no finer vintage anywhere in Ophidian. The apprentice does as he's told and the master continues his tale. We spent hours talking that night about the star. I felt myself growing excited in a way I'd never experienced in the normal course of my studies. The emir opened the bag he had by his side and removed pages of detailed notes on the Red Star's appearance over the years, along with reports of incredible events that had taken place during those times. It was not the definitive proof in the way we are used to seeing the schools of Ophidian, but it was also too much to simply discount as coincidence. I kept listening to the emir's words. He was convincing. There was no doubt about that. I tried to push back and use my scholarly reason to debate what he was saying. But he had an answer for all every argument I presented. And truth be told, I was arguing simply because it felt like I was supposed to do so. In reality, I felt the truth of his words. I wanted to believe him. Before we knew it, dawn began to break. We had talked through the night and were the only two left in the tavern. The emir rose from his seat and announced that he had to take his leave. I felt myself having trouble breathing, almost as if my air supply had been cut off as this man began to make his exit. Here. The emir said as he turned back to me and handed over his satchel of papers. This is all the information I've collected over the years on the Red Star of Kubaira. You are a scholar with access to resources I do not have. I can see in your eyes that the belief is beginning to grow. You are ready to follow in the light of the Red Star. Use this information to do so. I had no response as I clutched the papers that I had been given. I could breathe freely again as if my life had been given back to me. Or better yet, a new life had been shown to me. One that I'd never even realised I was yearning for. The star may seem unpredictable. The Emir continued. But I believe if properly studied we can find patterns in its appearance. If we can understand it, and when it will appear, we can bask in the good fortune granted to those who worship in its light. The emir left me then. I do not know how long I was sat there without moving, but eventually I rose from my seat and made my way to the portal that would take me back to Ophidian. I had the papers of the Red Star of Kubaira with me, and I knew that my life had been forever changed because of that meeting. The master pauses in his tale. His mind is on the days of old and memories which is not spoken of to anyone before the night's conversation. What happened next? The apprentice asks. Upon my return to the school, I petitioned to change my studies from apparition to focus on the Red Star of Kubaira. There was no such discipline currently and the board of governors was sceptical of my proposal. But I spoke so eloquently and passionately that the, at the meeting that I could not be denied. I could feel the emir's words on my tongue as I explained the importance of the Red Star and why we needed to study it. Ultimately, my master granted me leave and the board approved my proposal. 
I could not be granted the title of master, but I was allowed to pursue independent study absent of a master to guide me. I approached those studies with a vigour I'd never before shown. I had a level of dedication equal to even the most fastidious students at the School of Ophidian. In time, I was actually recognised as a master myself, and eventually I acquired an apprentice of my own. That, of course, is you. But what happened with the Emir? Did you see him again? The master smiles. He has finished his wine, and he reaches out for the apprentice's cup, realising that his young charge has barely touched it. It is far too precious to go to waste, and he takes a sip before answering. I did, he says. It would be close to 12 years before my studies turned up evidence that the Red Star would be appearing again. I'd not returned to the tavern in Doran since my meeting there with the Emir. I was so absorbed in my work, I, I seemingly forgot about the inn. Knowing that the Red Star was rising again, I suddenly felt the urge to visit this place, secretly hoping that the mysterious stranger who had set me upon this journey would be there waiting for me. Was he? The master nods. He was. I came through the closet doorway into the tavern that was equal parts familiar and unusual. The establishment had changed hands in the years since I had visited. Mercurius had also fallen to ruin many years prior, so the place was darker and less welcoming than I remembered. Still, one thing that was familiar was the silver mask and red robes, the man sitting at a table in the middle of the inn. The emir waved me over, a glass of mercurian red already waiting for me at the spot across from him. I expected to see you this night, he said as I sat down. You have seen the signs, have you not? I have, I exclaimed, in all the years of my study. I had spoken about my findings and theories with many fellow masters, but none of them believed as I did. They found my studies interesting, purely from a scholarly perspective, but they did not believe the truth behind my words. Sitting across from the emir, I knew I was in the presence of another who worshipped under the light of the red star. The master pauses and acknowledges the stunned expression on his student's face. I realise I sound like a fanatic, he admits. I'm not. I'm a realist. I know what I feel, but more importantly, I know what my studies over these decades have confirmed. There is more to the Red Star than fairy tales and travellers' stories. I've seen it for myself. I mentioned that I was eventually presented the title of Master, something unheard of in the Order of the Learned, for a student without a Master of their own to speak for them. Yet I did it, and my petition to the governors just happened to coincide with the arrival of the Red Star of Kubira in the skies of Mythos. Its fortune shone down on me, and I did what no other student of Phidian had done before or since. I'm also not naive. I know the emir used me to further his own schemes. This is not surprising. He introduced himself as a member of the Sons of the Red Star the first time we met. The name meant nothing back then. But today we know the truth of that organisation. Yes, they are killers and thieves, but that is the reputation they want the realm to know. It is easy to allow Mythos to think the sons are nothing more than killers for hire, as it hides the true power they wield from beyond the shadows. Information can be dangerous as any blade, and that is why the Emir needed me. I was able to give him access to the library's resources, this arrangement helped him further his understanding of the Red Star in a way he could never have achieved without someone inside the convocation. He wanted me to supply him with information, and that is what I did. 
I knew early on that I was being used, and yet I gave him the information willingly. In all fairness, however, I asked for information in return. The Emir supplied me with his findings on the Red Star of Kubira to help further my own studies, as well as intelligence that his network had gathered on other happenings within the realm. I was able to discreetly pass a few small but important pieces of information to the powers that be at the Tower of Basilia. This information helped protect some of the interests of our faction from those who would seek to weaken us. I've come back to this tavern a few other times over the years, with each one of those visits coinciding with the arrival of the Red Star. Every time I have returned, the Emir has been waiting for me, and we have exchanged information. Each visit has been followed by that appearance of the star and more important happenings within the realm. Happenings that we have both been able to be prepared for, thanks to my studies and his intelligence. So is that why we're here now? Because the star is returning. Are we to meet the Emir? The apprentice says as he looks about the room hoping to see this man in the red robes and silver mask. The star is still too far away, the master dismisses with a wave of his hand. Now is not the time for meeting, but I took you here because this is the responsibility you are inheriting from me. The calculations in the books I keep are the smallest part of what I do. As followers of the Red Star of Kubira, this is our true calling. If we know what is coming, and, and when our Plans are most likely to find success. We can use that to help keep the realm safe from our greatest enemies. And scheming with known killers is the way to achieve this? Tough times make for strange alliances, the master replies. After all, when else but in times of dire need would a serpent, an eagle, a lion and a deer find themselves fighting side by side? The master drains the glass of wine in front of him. I asked the barmaid to leave us be, he said to his apprentice. That was good for the privacy of my story, but it was bad for when I now find myself without anything to drink. If you would please fetch me some more. The apprentice nods and leaves the table with two empty cups. He is honestly happy to be away from his master so he can process all that he has just heard. A well-told tale, and it was even almostly true, a voice whispers from the shadows of the table behind where the master is seated. I told him as much as he could process, the master says. The truth of the matter is that he's not ready for this. He's not yet a believer. But I didn't know how else to open his eyes and make him one, and the time is growing short. He may be a problem for you, the voice says. We may need to eliminate him. I will handle him, the master quickly replies. He is a good boy, and I will see no harm come to him. Besides, we need his help. I fear that dangerous times are ahead, and unless I pass on responsibilities of our arrangement, you will lose access to the resources of the library should I be called away to tend to a matters of war. I am a scholar, but as a master of the tower, I am also expected to be ready to fight should the need arise. I fear the call, and whether or not I would return from it. The star has returned. The voice announces, changing the subject. And I feel as if this visit from Kubaira is different than before. There is more at stake here. Is there not? As I have said, things are happening in the realm. The master replies without turning to face the voice at his back. Tell me, what have you heard? The old powers are returning. The voice answers. I don't need my network of informants to tell me that. The shadows are moving, and evil is making its way from the darkness and into the light. 
I feel this as well, the master replies. But the light of the red star is ready to shine again, so those of us who know how to read the signs must prepare to take advantage of this situation. I am always ready to take advantage of a situation, the voice answers. The master pauses. I am a believer, make no mistake about it, he finally says. But I am also a member of the convocation of Basilia. If war is really coming, my loyalties will be with my faction and the legions of light. I need you to know that. Who are you talking to? The apprentice asks as he returns to the table with two cups, once again filled with red wine. The master looks behind him, but the shadows are empty. There's no one there. Old ghosts, the master says as he turns back to his apprentice. None of your mind, anyway. Thank you for fetching the wine. I say we enjoy these cups and then return to the library. What do you think? I remember a story my mother used to tell us as kids. The apprentice says as he takes a seat once again. It was about dragons. I remember her describing them as absolutely massive creatures. The stories were unbelievable. Clearly there were tales made up to amuse small children like us at bedtime. Stories to fill our heads full of magic or to scare us into behaving if we began to act up. The apprentice pauses, takes a long deep drink from his glass, draining almost half it before continuing. I grew up looking for dragons everywhere. I was convinced that there was one sleeping in a big cave not too far from our family property. I used to steal coins from my parents and throw them in the cave, hoping that the beast would come forward to claim them for its hoard. Of course, no dragon was in that cave. And as I grew older, I left those fairy tales behind. And then I came to the Tower of Ophidian. I grew up in a small, fairly remote area in the west of Etheras. The most exotic neighbours I had were a family of gnomes who sold mushrooms and blackberry jam at the local marketplace. Coming to school was eye-opening to say the least. The first day I was there, I came around the corner and I bumped into a hard wall. At least I thought it was a wall. It didn't move when I crashed into it. Imagine my surprise when I looked up at the wall and it was actually a dragon. The master smiles. Rakugo, he asks. Yes, the apprentice nods. Here I was, staring up into the eyes of an actual dragon. Admittedly, not the same kind of dragon my mother used to tell us about, but it was a dragon all the same. In that moment, I realised that this realm is far bigger and far stranger than I had ever realised. The apprentice takes another deep drink from his glass, and the master does the same. What did you say to me earlier today back at the library? All stories have some truth to them. I had forgotten that. Tonight has been a reminder. Does that mean you believe me? The master asks hopefully. It means I am willing to open myself up to the possibility that the Red Star of Kabira is more than I thought it was. The master nods. That is good, he says. Very good. You may be ready after all. The pair of scholars finish their wine. Let me return these to the barmaid, the apprentice says. Then we can head back. I am anxious to look at some of your notes with a new set of eyes, now that I have had this little lesson. 
The master nods his approval and begins to think on what his next step should be, and wondering how the unfolding events that he spoke with his shadowy visitor about will impact the realm as he knows it. He pays his apprentice little attention as he walks away from their table. The apprentice makes his way to the back of the tavern. It has grown late in the evening and there are only a handful of patrons left in the place. He places the empty cups upon the bar, but the barmaid is nowhere to be seen, nor is the bartender. Shadows gather in this dark corner of the room and the apprentice looks about to ensure he is not being observed. He has an actual affinity towards you, a voice whispers from the shadows. It is nice to see the old man attached to something beyond his studies. Unexpected, to be honest, but useful. Finally seems to trust me, the apprentice replies. It has taken ten years, but as long as I am being brought into his confidence, the secrets that he has kept from me will be revealed to us soon. I can feel it. Yes, our plan to put you inside the school in order to observe his studies and learn the secrets he has artfully kept out of the information he passes to the sons of the Red Star is paying off. Another sign of the Red Star's good fortune shining upon us. You have done well and your commitment will be recognised, I assure you. Thank you, Scapular. The apprentice replies. No names. The voice from the shadows scold. Not even here. The apprentice nods. Be cautious. The voice continues. I told your master the truth when I said that the shadows of the realm are moving. The arrival of the Red Star signals a time of opportunity. Most opportunities come during eras of great change and upheaval. We must be ready for anything. Under the light of the Red Star, the suns shall rise. Under the light of the Red Star, the suns shall rise. The apprentice repeats. The shadows do not reply, and the young scholar returns to his master and his mission. Okay, there we go. How's the voices? Are we still good? I, I can barely do it. Just get a board we've and got, just hold it up to the yeah, screen. We've got, we've got Mal Vader. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well done, Mal. That was a lot of reading. Whew. It's funny. It's a really good story, though, as you it said. It is, yeah. It's, it's got me very excited for the Suns. <laughs> and, and as you know, I'm not particularly a Suns fan, but that... yeah. <laughs> yeah that changing. was a lot of fun i mean you know tough to do kind of online um even though we have uh, very good ways of recording online now but in a studio that would have been incredible but uh yeah. hopefully uh it came across as good as we possibly could do uh, it's a bit of fun isn't it it's that's a bit of, yeah well that's the other thing yeah of course if you're in a studio you're getting paid for it we're just having fun and enjoying it uh, and it's awesome um so this a little episode uh, after you've digested that and uh, hopefully whetted your appetite for 
Sons of the Red Star versus House of Noble Berries. See, I said Sons of the Red Star first, Rich, just to pander a little bit to you, you know, because Thank I'm on my much. own. I'm on my own tonight. I don't have the help of guests who are loving the House of the Noble Bear. It's just me rapidly and wrong. I loved your graph you uh, you put up today in the cabal. That was amazing. The the figures perfection. That was that was brilliant. That genuinely surprised me. I mean, like you know, um, yeah. the Legion of Barathe. I'm twice as many as the next yeah. faction. But it's it also bonkers. surprised me that there's 24 House of the Noble Bear already, or is it 22? 22 House it, of the Noble. It's Bear. 20, John. I mean, you clearly haven't okay. read the chart properly. Sorry, yes. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I was surprised how many Noble Bear there were, actually. Yeah. Surprised and disappointed. <laughs> and there's going to be more. Maybe, they, maybe they'll catch up to the Arathir after this G-Con. Wouldn't oh, that be amazing? <laughs> that, that would be just, incredible. That would make my trip. And Etheron's dozen of dwarves, and then a couple of barbarians, a couple of Vikings. <laughs> Bingo, bango, jobs are good. Yes, let's go for that. <laughs> Yeah, so this time, uh, well, in a in a week and a day, Mal and I will be pulling into Newark Airport around two oh, o'clock well, in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, let's not do let's not do the planes going down yeah. segment again. No. No. If any no. kind, if any kind, <laughs> Eurolegions listener wants a little uh, live reenactment of that story, you know, you can swing by and pick us up and save us an Uber cost. <laughs> you know. I'll do I'll do Rich's bit, or we can dial him in from uh, intern or whatever. You know, <laughs> you know. So I'm from Wales. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'm just too excited. I have so much bubble wrap here to put stuff in. It's it's. I'm literally my life is bubble wrap now and paint and spray uh, matte varnish in an airbrush. There's an awful lot of that going on. Yeah, I've actually taken Friday afternoon off from work so that I could pack everything up. Because mm. I've got a, obviously a spreadsheet with everything listed yeah. that I'm going to take with me, but actually yes. getting it ready, I've not done anything. So yeah, this Friday afternoon is my time. To I'm even like pull uh, it all together. Do it. I'm even like I'm an early riser uh, generally, but I I also am someone that if I wake at six, I might happily just lie in the bed and flick on the phone and and chill out rather than have to get up and maybe there's a child up looking for uh, me to do something for them so it's better to just hide in bed you know on the phone <laughs> but <laughs> yes I know that <laughs> yeah we've all been there um but and and this week they're off school you know so I have them around the house all day and you know when I'm trying to do my work uh but it's uh that six in the morning to eight now this week I'm fine I'm actually just getting up and running down to my little cave and trying to paint like great and it's hard to paint at 6 a.m because your eyes don't work yet it doesn't matter how much <laughs> light you have so I'm doing the kind of you know the, anything kind of basic painting I have like base coats and uh, you know kind of uh, donkey work kind of at that time and then it's all dry and then when I get an hour in the in the day I can come down and do some of the more uh kind of detail work if I can um so yeah but it's super I'd like I I just I wonder if after Legion's Con I'm going to still come down and do it because it's now just become such a reflex you know <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so, well, will I have a massive hole in my life now you know <laughs> or will I be able to fill it with something I mean what I want to ideally fill it with is actually getting a bit fit again because <laughs> 
2023. <laughs> really, 2023 for me has been the year, a brilliant year for the podcast and customizing and everything, but a very bad year for my waistline. <laughs> so uh, I'm just hoping, but I've, I actually feel good, which is weird, but I, I know that I'm not good. You know, I know that it's not sustainable. So I'm hoping maybe to get off my ass after Legion's Con for a couple of months. Uh, well, if I'm, I'm out of breath at any point during Legion's Con, I'm just blaming the fact they had COVID two weeks ago. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> I, 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 I might be partly responsible, but not it, totally. I had it about honest. four weeks ago and I'm still not mm. great. I still feel heavy chested once or twice a day. Yeah, uh, stairs are killing me at the moment. Yeah. Just absolutely killing me. Bizarre. Um, and I know because I'm very... Uh, I'm an asthmatic, so I'm very in touch with oh, how yeah, I should yeah. be. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, I've heard COVID isn't actually particularly worse for asthmatics as long as you're you know on the treatment you know your regular treatment is on and i am you know i mean i've had it since a kid so i know you know what to do and uh, i've i'm it's well under control but yeah i've noticed a difference and it's not an unfitness difference you know i know that difference too <laughs> you know <laughs> this is like an actual kind of heavy feeling so i'm just hoping to that it'll be kind of it's getting better but i'm hoping then by this time next week it'll be uh, back to kind of fighting fit, but yeah, it would be nice to to to, <laughs> to be a little bit more in shape for twenty twenty four. Legion's gone twenty four. That's got to be the end. I'll have no no heads, no painted heads on our table, but I'll be looking. <laughs> <off>. <laughs> yeah. You'll be doing bodybuilding poses by the side That's of the table. Exactly. I'm a year late for the house of the noble bear, but look at me. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be selling t-shirts. We'll be selling like. Uh, vests and uh, bodybuilding belts exactly and, you know. <laughs> although i don't want to be one of those guys and i mean i've seen it with uh, uh, <laughs> a couple of people and it's not not to laugh but like that actually ended up in hospital because they kind of got the midlife crisis and uh went too hard you know and they're running in the rain and the snow and you know kind of you know doing the total kind of crazy stuff and yeah, one day they just had a heart attack or something or collapsed or got sick. And it's like, oh, yeah, you, your body is not used to that and you shouldn't be doing that to it. So it's very much a slowly, slowly thing. But that takes a lot of patience and patience. I'm not I don't have for that, unfortunately. No. I have for painting oh. little small action figureheads, but I don't have for that. So I'll have to try and yeah. switch my mentality. Anyway, no one wants to hear about my BS <laughs> to do with uh, my waistline. John's actually lying down on a coach wife. at the couch, at the, not coach, couch at the moment. <laughs> I am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eating a complaining donut because, you know, I'm complaining because I only have two abs of my six pack left. No, I never <laughs> six Mine's pack, bubble wrap. Six pack of Guinness. <laughs> That's about the only thing I've ever had. <laughs> six pack of cider, maybe when I was in college. <laughs> On the plus side, I think the weather's meant to be colder this year, so yeah. we'll be insulated. We won't need to take clothes. It's like one t-shirt, it's too stinky, just off. Fine. Um, I always have this, well, I have it year round, but uh, every couple of years I get this, uh, you know, this brand Jack Wolfskin. Yes. It's a nice uh, mm-hmm. jacket. And Very cool. The jackets cost a couple of hundred quid, but they're excellent and they last you maybe three, four, five years if you look after them. And they have this brilliant thing where they have a little inner jacket and it's like a kind of a little bomber jacket type of thing. And it zips into then this proper kind of, uh, you know, waterproof, but kind of wintry jacket. So in the summer, then you just have the kind of outer jacket and kind of the middle parts of the year. And then for the winter, you zip up the thing. And I remember last year I just brought, because I looked at the weather policy, I just brought the inner jacket. <laughs> this year I'll be bringing 
both pieces <laughs> zipped up together and I won't be, and I won't be sweating. I'll be still cold possibly. <laughs> and I bring my hat. No. I bought, I bought a New York Jets uh, woolly hat last year on my way home. I wonder if I should wear it. Will I get duffed up in the street if I'm not careful? So You'll get laughed at. Yeah. Because they're shit, but no, you you know, you'll get duffed up. I just realized, you know, you know, every time you were mentioning the Washington Commanders was your favorite team, I was like, mm-hmm. uh, I I followed football for American football in my as a kid, and I didn't, and then I realized that the Redskins, aren't they? It is, yes, and they, that's they no were, longer appropriate uh, yes, of a name, it was a, it, a culturally inappropriate. I do remember name, that so. conversation, and I do remember something happened, but I never then put the two two and two together. So, so now yeah. I understand why I thought you were a real nerd and you had found this team from nowhere. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not an NFL team; they're just like six divisions down. It's like, yeah, supporting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some some uh, third division college team. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're playing like that at the moment. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with the the poor 49ers for our for our uh, friends in California. That's a, that's tough for them at the moment. Yeah, so we we traded one of our best players today. The so Bengals. I love I, I love the Bengals uh, uh, logo because it's a tiger, and I love tigers. They're shit as well, or they always used to be. But they bet the 49ers last. But they point, always so. used to be mal. They're actually really quite good now. Really? Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they made the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Yeah, they did. I remember oh that. wow. Okay, yeah, I haven't followed properly for years and years and years. Yeah. And they but were like, the perennial, they, you know, them and the Browns were just there to make up the numbers way back when. <laughs> so who's Man United in the NFL these days then? Who used to be good and is no shit? <laughs> uh, the Patriots? New England no? Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Patriots. They are I was going to say they're god-awful, but we're playing them this weekend and they probably and beat us. Who's so the, not that bad, but... Who's the... Everyone, everyone wants them to lose if they're not a fan of Cowboys. Them. Is that the pa- that's the Cowboys, Cowboys. is it? So Cowboys could, and then the Patriots. I think those two. Yeah, yeah so we used to have a thing in Ireland uh, uh, when I was in school because, man, you were really successful back then. Uh, and you were either a Man oh, U supporter. You were either a Man U supporter or you were an ABU and anyone, anyone but United. That used to be a thing. Like, are you an ABU or are you a... Just to piss off any uh, English football fans who listen to us, it's pretty much like that now, anyway. Even though we're yeah. shit, <laughs> you know? but it, like my my generation, we got screwed over because Liverpool were so good when we were like uh, primary school kids that we all supported Liverpool, and then we got to be teenagers and Liverpool fell off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, it's all cyclical, <laughs> though, isn't it? Well, it is. I remember, I remember vividly sitting in um, sitting in my parents' car. Because uh, I was 16, and obviously not going to the supermarket with my parents uh, in 1990, uh, and Liverpool won the league. And I remember thinking, like, ah, cool, yeah, great, another one. And little <laughs> did I think it would be then be 30 years before we won the next one. <laughs> so, kids, never take it for granted. You know, no. if House of the Noble Bear is your favorite faction, enjoy this G-Con because it, you it, know, it be might be 30 another 30 years. years. <laughs> right, just don't enjoy it anywhere near me. So, Rich, I know you have a load uh, uh, loaded in the barrel. It uh, must be a load of red stars uh, rather than noble bears. But uh, we're going to do what we're going to do in this episode. Uh, well, the rest of this episode is do allegiance con predictions. I'm plain vanilla as regards this in, in the podcast, so I don't have much. Uh, but Rich and Mal definitely do. So, Rich, take it away with your first couple, you know. 
give us a few, get well, into a flow. My first one's see. the one and only one that you could be bothered doing, John, for the Red Stars. So that Red Suns even. Uh, Suns the Red Star. Oh my God. This is. <laughs> We've read that story. You know, it's like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's Scapula 2.0. I, I really genuinely yeah. think we'll get He was one of mine. Yeah. Thanks. First up, you steal one of my like three. Oh, I do. Yeah. As well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he'll have an insignia shield as well. So but he needs to have yeah, the silver mask, true. doesn't he, from the story? That would be well, good. That'd be yeah, nice I, that's that's what I'm wondering if we'll get him a bit more looking like the Emir is described. And I, I mean, mean the, he's, he's close. But. We had Mask of the Red Death now, so is it going to be something like that? Hopefully not exactly the same, but... No, and that ties in with the whole Assassin's thing, doesn't it, with the mask and everything as well? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also the whole... Um, well, the, the Gerard thing is that you can do the shape-shifting or the kind of, you know, look like anybody. But um, maybe well, Scapular can do a bit of that too, no? Yeah, it's sort of suggested that all the sons are a bit, do a bit of that, isn't it? And a bit of yeah. subterfuge, to use a big word. Yeah, they are. They so are they like to experiment, else. Mal, this is what you're saying. Yeah, that's it, yeah. They're a bunch of experiment. All right, okay. I mean, yeah. from an action figure designer's point of view, they're a perfect faction. You know, they can do anything. Oh, I think we can. I think one thing we can be guaranteed is even if all our predictions are wrong, what we get will be amazing. <laughs> and and yeah. a Scapular 2.0 will be soft goods heaven as well. Oh, will, oh. He will be flowing. He'd be like a Barbie I think it's fair to in say, a good way. Yeah, absolutely. It's fair to say with the Suns, this is the most difficult one to do predictions on. All the other factions, you've got a rough idea what's going to be there. Well, it's the Whereas most difficult this, to do predictions on and get right, but it's definitely not the most difficult to do predictions on because you can throw anything at it. And yeah, yeah. when people, before G-Con, people would be listening to this going, oh yeah, that could be. Now, after G-Con, they might listen to it and go, those guys are idiots. <laughs> but we don't care then. Because everyone will have met us in person at, uh, at and they'll know we're at idiots. least yeah, exactly. <laughs> you stole my line. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let's do that again. No, that's Fuck okay. <laughs> it was even better if you stole my line because you know you you know that it's actually uh, there's a grain of truth in it. Then <laughs> it's not just a joke. So, Rich, uh, what's next then? Scapular two point so the next one on my list, and this replaces the Lizard Man, because I'm hoping desperately the Lizard Men will be in their own faction next year. So Ooh. because of that, I've shifted them out. Um, is a Snake Man assassin. Ooh. Um, I'm thinking lots of soft goods, long tongue, some sort of oh. really cool curved weapon, love, maybe. Yeah, well, big long snake think, tongue. You think maybe built on a Rakagor's body or or? Would it be something else? No, no it would be it would be a one point zero. I think one point zero kind of build, yeah. A big over, yeah. yeah. So I don't know whether they do the Oleg snake body, a, a, tiger's body, maybe. Possibly, yeah. I mean, that would work certainly. Yeah. Um, if they're doing a bare chested version, absolutely, definitely. I mean, in an ideal world, it would have a snake back as well. You know, like the tail yeah. coming down. Well. Um, but I don't know whether they do that. Well, the, be too much that to body me. has the back adapter thing. I think so. I they think could do just do a, a new rep- piece that goes in. Yeah, I think if they're going to do a reptile, I I think they're going to do a reptilian person as well. I I think they're more likely to use the Thigar body or the 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 you know the one Thraxian scout. The, yeah, Thraxian scout body, and I think they'll want to make it obvious. Although that's perhaps doing. So 
Eric down a bit, but I think they want to make it obvious it's what, what a reptilian we, person. What we don't often talk about on these type of prediction shows. So you've said a reptile. What color? What would you? What would be your preferred color of of that type of a thing? I'm wow. going purple, purple or oh, black. Something, yes. yeah. you know, that could get lost. And in you the could shadows. stick it. Then you could stick it in the the the, the vampire faction. Elithia's yeah, brood. Probably, yeah. yeah. A, a black black would be if I had to pick a color, black would be okay. Yeah. Cool. Like it. I mean you could add a bit of color, something like purple yeah, some or something like that would, him, yeah. would work really well, sort of thing. Yeah. Um see, I, I'm like so plain natural. vanilla, I was thinking green. And I mean, of course, that's just dumb. Yeah, no, or you could maybe go brown with some sort of colored again, scale patterning. Yeah. Yeah. In there as well. I think that'd work. A forked tongue too. That's what we need. We need a yes, proper like. I'd love it. Yeah, a tongue would be good. Cool. Like the bug yeah. goblin tongue, but I mean, yeah, they could yeah, reuse yeah. the bug goblin tongue. But maybe, it, so. well, I think yeah, they could yeah, tool a new piece, you know, but they could use yeah. the same type of system for yeah. short, long, whatever. Yeah. Although if they made him purple and gave him big, long tongue, how much are people going to keep going, oh, it's a tongue lasher tribute? <laughs> no, That's it's <laughs> not. <laughs> and in an absolutely ideal, ideal world, it would come with two torsos. So you'd have one that's like the scaly thing. And another one which is scaly but fat, like it swallowed a victim. Oh, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> maybe, maybe with a hand trying to push out or something, something like <laughs> yeah. that. You know, that would, that might be a bit dark before horsemen, yeah. but that would. If be it's a fabulous. if it's a torso plate solution, then oh, that leaves plate, yes. that leaves the the three D parts makers to to mm-hmm. do that kind of thing. That would be cool because, you know, I think the horsemen can do their thing and then leave the really out there. Rich's imagination stuff to some of these amazing 3D companies. Yeah, uh, that'd be grand. Did you um? Did you hear on just Shelvet when they had Jeremy on? He was talking about because there's no PowerCon next year, it might be uh, possible that they don't do the Motu homage figures next year. Yes, I yeah, that's. Very interesting. That's or maybe, interesting, maybe they'll try and fit them in somewhere else. But it, yeah, they're certainly not going to be, you know, early drops necessarily. Yeah, but I think that, uh, yeah, maybe a year without Motu Hamages might free them up for something else, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't mind if they, I mean, I, I, I don't mind. We've had so many Hamages. now. And at the, other, the yeah. other, I used to love them at the start, of course, because it wasn't in the customizing. And I thought uh, these were the bees knees and I mean, Masters fan. And they still are. Let's not get it wrong. But when you see someone like, say, David Williams does his buzz off tribute, uh, it's amazing. And I know if I really wanted that, I could either commission David to do it or I could do it myself if I'm a customizer. And you, you can still scratch that itch because the parts library is there. And of course, the horseman can do something with it as well. That would be cool. But um, I think that it's kind of okay if they take a year off now. And maybe they come yeah. back then with like, whoa. I yeah. just wouldn't like them to stop it forever. That would be no, sad. No. I would be sad about well, that. Well, yeah. Now they've, even, even as not like, you know, particularly a fan needing those figures, the fact they've now got Cosmic, so they've opened up the potential to do some of the even more wacky characters. It'd almost be a shame if they stopped. New Adventures. I mean, I'd love to yes. see Adventures. I mean, you know, yes. it's not a very popular thing, but... The Horseman on New Adventures. Yeah, there's some crazy characters in there. Oh yeah, that one with the eyeball for a head. Yeah, optics. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great slush head as well. Like, he's cool. Slush head is another great that's one. That's the yeah. thing for this type of line, amazing because they're so out there that someone that isn't a rashes, hasn't a clue about uh, masters, could just look at it and go, "Wow, that's awesome design, modern kind of sci-fi kind of line, love it." And then the masters fans could be like, "Wow, that's the best version of optic I've ever seen," or you know, slush head or whatever. Brilliant. So that yeah. kind of hits the yeah. two things. Rather than making it so obviously Masters tribute like Kauros, which I love as a figure, but he is a little bit Marmite for people because he doesn't fit exactly into the Legion's, uh, Mythic Legion's aesthetic as much. Even Purplor fits a bit better. Uh, yeah. But Kauros, and I love, and he'll always be on my shelf, and I bought multiples of him back in the day. My first figure, yeah. Yeah, and he's a brilliant figure. I love it. But when I, you do have more. three or four bookcases full of legions you do kind of uh, I still have one Rich if you want mate's rates is what 10 quid or maybe I don't have him yet uh, still I, <laughs> I'll have to check I know I have the wasteland guys who has a purplore and trapjaw uh, chrono um, of course mate's rates for you Jesus yeah yeah. you heard it here everybody <laughs> 10 quid he clearly said it <laughs> <laughs> 10 quid on top of what I paid for it. That would be yeah. fun. <laughs> That's which, still a fair deal. Which was uh, $37 plus 150 customs. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's what at least that's what people would lead you to believe when they get a package from the United States. But I can tell you that's not the case. Not even. You know, I think it's sometimes people are just used to getting away with it so often. Other than yeah. when they get, it's, it's like... I just look at the prices from America and I had 20% plus shipping and I go, am I happy to pay that? Yes. Okay. Then when I get the the customs bill, I go, but I know it's coming. There's no way avoiding it. You know, I won a prize on the Toy Park podcast. Okay. The 300th episode. Brilliant prize. It was an ultimate classic Seaman. Okay. So I got it this week. Um, they sent it from Australia. Cost them 89 Australian to ship it's on the, which is about it's but it's 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 not too it's about 45 50 actually pounds so still a lot but Australia is a long way away I had to pay 34 euros to get my free figure <laughs> because because of the way that the customs declarations work and there's no way of sending a gift so if you had a child uh, living in you know, or if you were an American and you had a child living in Europe and you sent them, uh, you know, a care package, which might be food from home and, you know, uh, whatever else, a couple of presents, they might have to pay to get it off the postman. Yeah. yeah. There's no yeah. way of avoiding it. It was marked as a gift. It was marked as a free thing. Hard luck. The guy said, oh, you can dispute it with the customs. And I said, yeah, right. <laughs> you can in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rich, uh, who have you got? After the, my next one is is based on my theory that Jeremy might have been earwigging Eric a lot over the last two years, uh, and it's a classic rogue. Ooh, now Jeremy loves his rogues. He's talked about them endlessly. Yeah, he has his, yeah. his show and everything else. So I can see that you know loads of soft goods, um, maybe like a a rope or something around the belt to help him get into seal stuff, some sort of lockpick stuff. Um, some sort of cool hat maybe as well. Not too extravagant, but some sort of hat that gives him that mysterious element and maybe like a, a optional mask or something across the face. I, I think I think my hope is 
not hope, that's not the right word because I wouldn't necessarily want one, but my thinking is that Jeremy likes them so much he would have talked about them nonstop and that might then end up with that sort of character in. 2.0, 1.0 buddy? 1.0 I'm thinking. I mean, that might be because I don't like 2.0 generally. <laughs> but no, although I've got a 2.0 on my list as we go down. Um, but no, 1.0 would be my thoughts. Yeah, someone asked, posted on the Cabal today, what, what, what parts do you find that you don't use very often when customizing figures or popping swapping? And I just wrote 2.0 parts. <laughs> that's my that's my chart for tomorrow actually um component parts of figures the breakdown that's 1.0 2.0 when you when you even said uh to me that you had that chart my mind blew and when maverick asked you a nerdy question on your chart today and you just sent him back oh yeah what well and you just sent him back a spreadsheet reflecting the questions <laughs> answer i was like I hope you- oh my god you are such a nerd <laughs> I hope you appreciate that. that. That took twenty minutes of my half-hour lunch break pulling those extra figures in. For that and he chart, just so. replied like, like, like it was nothing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he should appreciate that. That's true. But uh, yeah, I think that's seriously interesting stuff. And I do know how it is. Uh, I used to work a lot with Excel. It can become quite a nerdy but addictive uh, occupation. It can. And and my position now in in the organization i work for i don't get to do an awful lot of stuff with ah, okay you're managing um, i'm i'm the management yeah. leading yeah. meetings sort of guy so it's quite nice to be able to just do stuff like that even if it's only my spare time uh for a fun thing like that yeah exactly and as nate strong said when he put a comment up it clearly makes me a real catch you know i'm a grown man that plays with toys uh <laughs> produces spreadsheets and spreadsheets about the toys that i collect so yeah, <laughs> real catch oh i'm telling you rich if i if you were a woman I, I, thank you, John. Be, there wouldn't thank be much you. that would that would uh, put me off, you know. To be fair, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, good catch, definitely. <laughs> you know, and we could go to the cinema together. You know, everything. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I think Chat I think the bald, bald head and a beard had put me off in being a if he was a woman. No, but that's what I said. Oh, <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> like if if we just said, "Oh, now you're a woman," but you looked exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, nah, I've been I I know I know that that is one of the options these days, but uh, that wouldn't that wouldn't convert me. I'm afraid. No, he'd need to look a little bit more like. Uh, uh, I can't even do a rich female. What would rich turn into as a female? Regina. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't think. Rochelle or something. Rochelle. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that sounds sounds exotic. There we go. Anyway, Rochelle, what's your next one? <laughs> so th- this next one, initially I was really convinced this would be in there, but I'm now thinking it might be too close to Lord of the Terrace. But it's it's um, an ex-knight of Aetheron that's turned bad. <gasps> so he's he's seen the lure of the coin, the, the bloodlust has got to him, whatever it may be, and he's now turned bad. And, it, you know, I'm thinking armor that maybe has that Aetheron look, but is slightly tarnished. Might be missing oh, nice. a couple of pieces, so he's not there. You know, that would be a... Could this be where the birds get brought back? And it's actually, we get, Ooh. you know, an evil bird. Evil a bird. <laughs> an evil board. Board, <laughs> an evil board. <laughs> if, if, the bir- if the bird is a magpie, then yes, I can confirm it will be evil. That would be good. Yeah, you know in Dublin, your bird is your wife or your yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> some, yeah, yeah, some of it, yeah. Okay, gotcha. 
Um, that could be a good yeah. way there because they're going to do another ethron at some point. But even so like the story that we read and also the you know some of the bios of these type of characters, there is a little bit of switcheroo going on. Yeah. So, and as we think we said before on our lore episode, switcheroo is literally some of the most ex- um, interesting storytelling. I might have a bit of that in my house with a noble bear, I guess. Cause... Very good. Excellent. We're not recording those, are we? Because that's just a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> People will wonder why there's no Rich on the last uh, 20 minutes of the episode. <laughs> I'll I see could your just, I, gone, Steve. <laughs> I hope that is the thing though. I could just, uh, you know, when we're watching G can just be like, I said that, I said that. I know it's not recorded, but I said that. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a little uh, a little wire, you know, connected to a recorder, Rich, so you can uh, record all the abuse you're getting off Brad Jones and Steve. For for a court of evidence at a future date, you know. For harassment. I got this horrible image of me being sat there and then uh the next house, the noble bear character comes out, and people will just stand up and point. And like, ah! <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let's go. Like football match, you know. Who's yeah. that Michael down the back? <laughs> I remember many, many years ago, much to my horror, I ended up in a uh, a pub that was basically adjoined to Old Trafford. Right <laughs> I was, I was so, so unhappy. But it was work conference. It was so we uncomfortable, I guess. As well. And it was it was Liverpool Chelsea in the Champions League. Um oh. and I it was it was me and two two guys from work and I was like, I wanna watch the game, so what the hell am I gonna go in? And Liverpool scored first. Uh, and because I'm an idiot, I jumped up and went, Yes. And like the whole place went quiet. Everyone looks at me and the two guys I'm with are like, Oh Christ, he's gonna get stabbed. What the hell is he doing? Um and then Chelsea when Chelsea equalized, the whole pub turned around and pointed at me. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Oh, okay, thanks. Yeah, that's great. Well, does it, well, at least you know at that point you're go- you're going to get out alive, you know, because yeah, yeah. they have acknowledged you, they slagged you off, and they're not going to kind of take you around the back and yeah. dump yeah. your head off. <laughs> well, I'm going to interject here with one of mine just to just to get it in there, but I think the apprentice now deserves. A little mention here now for, and is he going to be in the Sons of the Ridge there, or is he going to be a, a secret Basilia character? I th- I think if if the Apprentice is in it, as I say, I think he could be a a Sons character. They could sneak him in yeah. there because he is essentially from the Sons of the Red Star. Yeah, well, it seems like. from the end of the story. Spoiler: yeah. If you have skipped that bit, go back. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if it, and he could if be a two point he could be actually, yeah. So oh, don't give me guy. a two point figure for the one I voiced on the story. Come on. <laughs> in, in my head, he's going a bit like I don't know if you guys have seen the film In the Name of the Rose, Sean Connery and Christian oh, Slater. Oh, a long oh time yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a murder mystery thing, but they're mm-hmm. monks. And Christian Slater is like the apprentice monk. So in my head, that's what this guy would be: sort of dirty, dishevelled, very plain robes. Mm. You know, sandals, just shuffling around after the master, yeah. sort of thing. I could, I could see that look, but then you know. Secretly, he's some sort of ninja assassin. Actually, yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love the twist and that story is great. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah, so him, uh, I, I want him to be, I think more, more on maybe the one point female book. That's what I think they should do. The the, the, cool. the skinny oh, okay. nails on, um, give him a big cloak with a hood, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But maybe you know a couple of little. 
uh, secret little slots for weapons on the body or, you know, kind of a, you know, maybe armored underneath <laughs> because he's, he's worried that he's going to get <laughs> found out and then he has to kind of make a run for it. You know, maybe maybe he's carrying his little escape, uh, his little escape backpack under the robes to make sure. And he's, uh, yeah, I, I love that portal thing out of. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really fun what, idea. Like, you know, the line, the witch in the wardrobe, whatever, but the line, the witch in the wardrobe going into a bar. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah know. the pub closet. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So Legion's Con main floor is the court of Basilia. Uh, <laughs> we walk through, uh, you know, or the court of Ophidion or whatever. We walk through and we go into the secret bar. <laughs> the Legion's Con pub, the Al Shabin. Yeah. And the apprentice is at the door and he's going, well, I don't know now if you can come in now. I don't, show me your ID there now. You don't look over 21 to me. I tell you that now. <laughs> John, you're going to look awesome in your leprechaun outfit. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh. I do that when we started work from home uh, all those years ago uh, at COVID. Uh, I sent a picture around to my team uh, of, I was my sister had very kindly sent me over. I don't know if it was the previous St. Patrick's Day, loads of like tat to wear, you know, like leprechaun hats and uh, shamrock uh, kind of deco and all this. So I had basically covered myself on it and wore a big leprechaun cat and I took a selfie <laughs> and said, come on, guys, let's work. <laughs> I, or I said, come on, guys, I'm even working on my national holiday. <laughs> it got a laugh you know so if you, if you can't make fun of yourself can you do no, that indeed so Mal we haven't given you the floor yet that's alright which, which uh, hairy, hairy barbarian there you go <laughs> sorry you tell us oh. well should we do red star full first no, yeah, and yeah. Then do... okay yeah yeah because Rich wants to log off <laughs> <laughs> well because well, it gives me the chance to it's like it's about. like that I was going to say, it's like that meme, isn't it? With the guy who's got his hands on his hips and looking really pissed off about something. That'll <laughs> oh, be I love that meme. I love him, about yeah. the, uh, I love him. Red Star, we're like... <laughs> <laughs> we need to take um, a few pics of her memes here yeah, for the show. We'll not see each other again, that's for sure, in a week. Awesome, amazing. So I've said before, and so I suppose this kind of covers both the bit, but more so I think the Sons of the Red Star is with it being called Rising Suns, I wondered if that was a hint at um, Eastern, as in East Asia, sort yeah. of. But I'm not so sure now. I'm uh, after that story. I think our we, we, it's more likely to be Middle Eastern. Um, gotcha. Because the Emir coming yeah. into it, they're sort of pushing the Red Suns, and and of course we've already got um, Nash uh, Grisha. Who's got yeah, that Middle Eastern yeah. look? So I wonder if actually we're going to get a bit more more Middle Eastern armor for the Red Suns, uh, a Red Star, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sons of the Red Star. So so I did put a ninja, but I'm not so sure about that. So maybe we'll get sort of, I believe, Arabian culture, old Arabian culture has a similar sort of assassin that looks a bit ninja, but I can't remember what they're called. So I wonder if we'll get something yeah. like that. Arabian uh, culture stuff would be good actually, because I. Like you, I was thinking some sort of Eastern assassin because of the Monkey King armor. So it's like mm. they can reuse parts of that. You know, they've got the tooling in place. But actually, I'd love Middle Eastern inspired stuff. That would yeah. be really good. Yeah. yeah, that would be cool. I know that, spoiler, because I'm guessing it gets mentioned on one of you guys when we talk about House of the Noble Bear, but I 
just you want a shit think... character. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, ju- I just don't think we're going to get a bear mount that everyone seems to want. I okay. think the mount for this wave is more likely to be another horse. And I think they'll... It's Mason mount. <laughs> shit as well at the minute. Um, That's um, another man you joke for the for yeah. American. A horse listeners. is going to cost sixty million pound. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's a donkey. And sit, um, on, and sit on a bench. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I think I think we'll get a bit more of a, a skeletally type. I think you know we could see. So they use the quadrant head as the second head on um, Deacon. Deacon um, or Bishop, one or the other. Bishop, yeah, wasn't the, it? Bishop, yeah. it was, wasn't it? The the yeah. Templar horse. Mm. So I wonder if they'll utilize that and maybe the body of one of the slightly decayed horses. So is it Poxus's horse has got a bit of rotting flesh on him? I wonder if they'll use that as, say, Scapula's mount. Um, oh. Maybe. They could Rather do. Than, Personally, I'm desperately hoping we don't have a horse this time. It's like the horses are brilliant, but we've had so many horses. Let's just, yeah. enough now. They have flogged that scud to death, have they? In my head, they have. It's yeah. Well done, John. I took a second to get there. I, I put a badum tish. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Okay, Rich, back to you. <laughs> uh, well, here's my token two point zero character. Ooh. Uh, I don't mean don't mean that in a bad way. I think this would work really well. But I'm thinking a shadow elf assassin. Oh um, yeah, probably female. But we haven't had a shadow elf for so long. People have you know. We're, a lot of people were genuinely quite upset. It's not the right term, but surprised yep. when there wasn't one in the in the the Poxus wave. Um, and it's you know the right sort of build. They've got that stealthy appearance. Obviously, quite dark skin anyway to give them that mysterious look. Um, you know, you could add in a couple of different types. Of, I mean, I've got a dark um, oh shadow of assassin rather on my my display. So you know, a couple of maybe cool fancy daggers they might have. Um, because I, I do think we need some new weapons. I think that would something that would benefit the wave. So yeah, I think some sort of shadow elf assassin would be yeah, new weapons. Grand, great. I'd love to see that. I think uh, just something that's just dawned on me. I think there's me going, uh, uh, going on about. Uh, I can't remember what the uh, name for the sort of uh, Middle Eastern version of uh, a ninja is, and it's an assassin, isn't it? <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah. The Muslim yeah, version is assassin. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think this is the point where if they do so, a character like that, a bit like our friends in the Kings Under the Mountain with the Dwarves, it's the time for the 2.0 fans to show them your money. If you're the one that's saying yeah. there's not enough 2.0 characters and not enough female characters, if they release a cool one in this wave, make it one of the most popular. Now, I know Zeri was very popular in Cosmic Legions 1, um, but she was awesome. And I'm sure they're going to make an awesome female the next time they do in Mythic. Um, but they, you need to show them that this is the one if you're one of those people banging that drum. And if you're not, you're not. Skip it, you know, or get one, put it on your shelf. You don't do customs with it. That's also fine. But uh, it is a little bit that kind of point for that type of build character. Well, and, and we've got... Um sort of leather type armor now with and uh Elithia in her more cloth type top armor so actually they could use that sort of thing to make it a yeah more... that would be cool yeah yeah i think the Elithia torso would be a good shout for for a female figure in this wave and and you combine it with some cool soft goods to to 
to flesh out the character. I mean, Red Mask of the Red Dead was a 2.0 build, but I think that's what 2.0 needs is uh, lots of soft goods to bulk it out. I'll go. I'll go for my last of the. So I've, I've sort of split my list. And I should have said at the start. Actually, I've split my list into ones that I think are, are pretty likely. Now, obviously, there's too many. Not all these guesses are going to be done, but are pretty likely course, to well, be. Yeah. Okay. And then I've got the far correct. less likely ones, a bit further on. Yeah. You have to be um, entertaining, so one, not correct. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> Just look at me. Yeah, that makes me. Yeah. <laughs> look at the stupid stuff I do. That'll look at the head on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think there will be a character with a peg leg. Um, oh, I genuinely think Mal's got his pirate. Yeah, I and I think it will be a pirate, and I think the sons would sit better than Noble Bear. Um, Joe Vassipola, when he was on our show, I think it was when he was on our show. Well, it might have been with Jer- no, it might be with Jeremy actually. Dropped, a, you know, a really subtle, unsubtle hint that there's a reason that those new boots swiveled just under the knee. Um, oh, it was definitely so on think, our show then, yeah. I'm going to claim that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that means we'll get a peg leg, and obviously a peg leg, a pirate would be the perfect fit there. So I think a son's pirate would be That's very my likely. final guess, because uh, first, Red, uh, Sons of the Red Star, because, as I say, I got a bit I got a bit thrown after I changed my mind about what the, you know, the Eastern influences and where they'll actually sit. So... <laughs> But yeah, pirate. And as I said, and I think I said on one of our shows with our guests, if we don't get a pirate in this wave, I, I would definitely, without doubt, one of the figure obscure is going to be a pirate themed figure obscure. I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been what Nate was drawing when he was chatting to us. You never know. You never oh, know. Yeah. Well, Blackbeard. We're going to. Uh, that would be the we're first. We're going to have him back on to be. discuss, you know? And yeah, see what he's drawn yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing with the beard, with like the burning candles in it, and that's sort of, oh, so good. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's the last of my um, what I think is likely, you know, or far more likely to be a thing. So the next uh, five, because obviously I don't do things by half, are the less, you know, the less likely stuff, but would still be cool if we saw them. Um, first up is a female fuzzmonk assassin. Oh, now they they have a sculpted female fuzz monk head because they did one at I think last year's interview. No, Noah before. Pratt, uh, yeah, did the prompt for so, it, and uh, so it exists. Yeah, um, it would be a good, you know, different height. You know, get a shorter character in a two point zero build again, sort of thing. So, I think that you know, there's a sneaky chance that might happen. Now, interesting, because I would suggest she'd be more likely to be in the ha- uh, House of the Noble Bear. The, the um, fuzz monks seem to be good guys more than bad guys, although I know we've got Met- Mephitor. But... We've got Mephitor, who's a properly evil, stinky little fella. So Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah. yeah, that's a slightly, slightly more out there one. Um, it's a good one. Next up, uh, and part of me would love to see this, but part of me would like to see it in a different faction, or its own faction, is a werewolf of some sort. Now, nice, Eric... Yeah loves werewolves he's talked numerous times on various shows about the fact that werewolves are canon in mythos um so sooner or later we're going to see one and part of me thinks oh, i'd love to see like a faction of them but maybe that's too many yeah. but a were you know the sons would be a good one for the character to fit in um god you could even go crazy and do as deluxe with werewolf limbs and human limbs so you'd have the pre-transformation oh, oh, transformation one oh. that would be cool um 
I mean, that's, you know, that might be wishful thinking, but that would be amazing. Like, you know, what Eric would do with that sculpt, you know, giant teeth and the, oh yeah. I would absolutely, I would buy a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, custom fodder. Well, yeah. 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 And it gives a real sort of, I mean, I, I like, in my head, the sons are always like assassins, but actually they're mercenaries. So they're thugs, yes, they're killers. violent, they're killers, you know, and a werewolf yeah. would fit into that sort of idea, totally, you know, yeah. quite well sort of thing that, you know, yeah, this is a guy that's going to rip you limb from limb and eat part of you and yeah, just wander off. So, yeah. So you think werewolf, brute scale werewolf, maybe then? I think it would have to be bigger than normal than a 1.0. Yeah. So I think a brute scale would be a good fit for that. Um, and they, they need need again i'm telling them how to run their business but more brute scale would be good obviously they had the two with with poxus wave they had the one with one of the um was it grave knight we're coming up to more brute scale in the house and little bear now here so don't don't this worry is true. Yeah, yes no doubt. Yeah, yeah yeah no doubt um the next one i don't think they'll do but part of me thinks uh some sort of fish man character in sons just just to stick two fingers up to a certain other fantasy line that's got fish characters in uh, but it might it might be too close to the bone because of that, yeah. But I think I do think at some point we'll see fishmen because again, Jeremy was asked on his show about, and he he very pointedly said there's a lot of ocean around Mythos, so I am fully expecting to see fishmen characters at some point. Like we said in those in the episode with Brian and Emil, especially, um, the best stuff is when you just follow your own path and do your own thing. So. I think if they did Fishmen, for example, probably would have been something they had planned before that other toilet. Yes. Mm. And coincidentally, then it might be uh, a one-up to them. But I don't think for what, any second that they'd bother their backside to uh, actually do one. Just oh, to, no, no, to, no, you no, know, no. It would be just a coincidental and a funny thing for us to talk about. But yeah. in all seriousness, I don't think they'd actually ever entertain doing a fishman or any sort of a you know house of the noble bear there's barbarians in in that other line yeah you know no they don't need to you know they yeah. and i don't you know they're not the type of people that would that's just me being a bit you know poking the bear if you will and then my last unlikely one for the sons is a wolverine um, and i'd like to see that because i'm spoiler alert I'm going to mention a, a bear mount for for the noble bear clan, but they could use a shrunk down version of like the head or whatever for that. That would fit in. It's not like exact fit, but it would fit in really well for some sort of dwarf sized Wolverine character. Um, yeah. And again, that's, you know, the, the proper, you know, Wolverine's got a reputation for being one of the most dangerous animals in the, yeah, on the planet. Vicious. So really vicious, really aggro sort of thing. So that would work well. House of the noble bear. <sighs> Best, best bit of ill. There's right. Atlas. Look at him. I'm just pushing Atlas. <laughs> Trust in his groin. <laughs> I mean, for that point that of the Atlas line, the this, magic, this, magic Mike Atlas there. <laughs> this is an incredible figure for early in the line. Let's be honest. I see. I really don't like the Atlas. Oh, I love him. He's really don't like him. It's one of the things I think that puts me off the noble bear. I just don't like that figure at all. Wow. Is it the head sculpt? It has it. to be the head sculpt. And he's ride and he's riding a bear on my shelf, but it's it must be the head sculpt. It's just something that, that head sculpt is still one of the best in the line. Still. What I have to say is the silver on the pauldron is a bit like your Ignatius thing. It's a little bit streaky. 
I think they used to do brush application of the silver and now they do airbrush. So here's here's one then. I'm guessing you two think we're going to get a version two of Atlas then. Is that... Uh... Yeah, I think that... I think a version two of Atlas and Scapular, I think it would be ideal because of what they... They're massive characters in the story and what they have at their disposable these days in terms of doing an amazing figure makes sense. Originally, I was, I'd have said, no, there won't be an Atlas 2. However, when they dropped the name of the wave, they said about him returning to Leandor. Yeah. So now I'm thinking maybe there is, but maybe with some more Leandor armor. Mm, maybe more golden armor. That's a good yeah. point. Like okay, just, so. Just, okay, before you start, Mal, just yeah. put your commercial hat on. What's going to sell this wave? <laughs> the two main characters from the things. Stick them at the top and then... Okay, Mal, take it away from there. So, I think if we get a two, a version 2 in the House of the Noble Bear, this is where we see version 2 of Otho. <gasps> because his bio says he's uneasy or missing. I forget exactly what the word were and I've read it again last night. Um, or the night before, he is uncomfortable about the fact Atlas has left. So there you go. Forget you. Forget your Atlas. The way they can do version two is he he moves across into the house of the noble bear um, as part of the house of the noble bear to support Atlas, um, who I think is his friend essentially more than uh, Attila was. Although it does say the three of them were thick thieves. <laughs> I had I had never thought of that, but now you've mentioned it, Mal. I think that's a really good shout, actually. Oh my goodness! I could easily see them doing that. Who's everyone crying out for as well? Mm. More so than Atlas. <laughs> so when, you, when we did the Arathir wave, it was a surprise yeah. that he didn't uh, turn up. No, that that's a really cool shout, Mal. That would be this would be a great fit. For yeah, you. and he would sell it every bit as much as uh, two point uh, version two of Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> he would absolutely. But both, both. I mean. Oh yeah, I know, totally. I know then it might be a massive wave in terms of them still wanting to innovate with figures and stuff. But are we thinking though, and I, I, I am that they're gonna run this into next year's All Stars again as well? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, it, I think it depends how many designs they've got and uh, mm. what it, did Jerry I've cut again, I can't remember then, what show. Then it was they on. would split but the two point O's. You know, yeah. Uh, then I think yeah. they would do the auto to carry uh, an All Star seven. Yeah, that 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 would if if they do, then yeah, I think you're right. Otho will be all stars, whereas Atlas will stay as. But I just I don't know if they only do one. I think it's going to be Otho rather than Atlas. I'm going big. I'm swinging for the fences. <laughs> I think you know instead of all stars, I think they should do a 2.0 wave. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? But that would that would go down really well. Like I think it'd be expensive though. It just. I think I'm the typical collector that got in at a certain point or, and didn't go backwards. Just look at all the figures. If someone came in at Advent and Decay, what are they missing? They're missing Otho, uh, of the main characters, Otho, Thord. Uh, they're missing uh, Urzok, um, Gideon. But Gideon is coming back, you know. Um, so they're, they're three of the main characters, you know. If you got in at that point, because you'd still have got All Stars too. You'd have got uh, Atlas and a few others, and Colosseum had a few other cool characters that people maybe pay a lot for these days. Uh, Orn Steelhide, 
maybe not 2.0, but you could just throw them in there as a kind of a, um, like they did with the uh, Silverhorn Sentry now. But he's he's just a color scheme. He's nothing special otherwise, but I think people still would like to get him. You know. Although I will, I will. Sorry, just going back to Atlas, just pondering on. I do, I do really like what Rich is saying about him. If the version two of him will perhaps have a bit more of the gold to match the house of Leodiceus, Leodiceus, whatever you call it. Would he have some sort of a crown or is he kind of above that sort of carry on? Yeah, I think he's got, I think that's probably some of what helmeted, causes his shoes, isn't it? Then? Yeah. I think there'd be a second helmeted head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sounds cool. And what type of a helmet then? Would it be more of a gladiatorial helmet or, uh, you know, no, I Viking think he would have type taken with the horns? The lion head, surely? Yeah. I think he'd have taken his, his helmet with him. So he's like returning game. Here you go. With the dinge on it or something. That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay, Mal, what else have you got for the bears? Well, my note at the top is said, I think we're exploring Viconfell with the noble oh, bears. yes. Yes. I really do. <laughs> did you, so on a side we, note, did you see Ron Twining's video in the cabal I today? did, yes. Oh, so did. Ron. It's so amazing. If we weren't doing the story and all that tonight, I would have definitely contacted Ron and say, could we tag this into the end of the episode? Because it's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, maybe maybe in the future, or I yes. can get him on to record something amazing because he's awesome. We've got to get him on at some point. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. got to get him well, on. We'll, we'll definitely have a chat with him at Legion's Con. Uh, yeah, yeah. Among a lot of other people. Friend of the show. Ron, <laughs> is, Ron is a total character. If you don't know Ron, people, check him out. Uh, check out his video on the cabal. Ron Twine, Ronald Twining. Gas man, a Viking, but he's called what he's he's changed his name on Facebook. It's Elder Bjorn or something. That's yeah, there's definitely a Bjorn in there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's who he is. In case you're confused here, he's one of the Michigan crew. Yes, yes. Yeah. When I when I was saying when I was gushing about them, I kind of missed to mention that uh, Ron and Kyle were both very welcoming and friendly. And to they us had a as great well, they? they had a great Patreon episode this week where they were talking about one of the Dritz books. Um, yes. yes, which I haven't read, but I still love listening to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just it's it's nice to hear those guys do something different. It's nice to, to hear anyone talk about something with passion, you know. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely. I think that's important. You know, I often find you know if you listen to a podcast or or something with people, and they're just on, oh yeah, and next we have it's like you don't care about it. Why should I care about it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway rent over let's go yes 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 um so yeah so and i'm wondering if it will be kind of the legion well i think we'll get a couple of things but let's go the legion builder of will be vikings just a viking maybe oh. viking raider maybe you know i don't know exactly what we call it but you think about the sort of the skeletal viking we got in so Tarasis. Um, yeah well um well, not just him, but oh, um, the the raider, Scally yeah. bone splitter, yeah. and the raider—they all have yeah. a bit of a vibe. So I think we'll get the human equivalent of them. Ooh, in, nice! In, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm fully expecting some sort of all singing, all dancing Viking hope, in this way, definitely. So. Uh, brute scale. Does anyone have brute scale on their list? I put brute scale minotaur down. Ooh. Uh, which I would love to see. However, somebody else pointed out that we obviously we still haven't had that ogre scale yak yet. Um, so that might be more likely than a, <gasps> than a brute scale minotaur. 
I, I've just put brute scale barbarian because I think we'll just get a giant dude essentially that's not a half giant but uh, is a just a massive human being essentially <laughs> of some sort. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah, that yeah. would be good. In fairness, that would be good. And then just to hit on one other uh, archetype: uh, female barbarian. Yeah, got her as well using, on the one point yeah, female. System. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. If you can guarantee something in this wave, I think that would be my guaranteed yeah, noble bear yeah. character would be the one point zero. And she'll female. be beautiful. <laughs> Quite well, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I what I hope and what I I know they'll do as well, I'm pretty sure. I don't need the kind of titty barbarian. I want the kind of strong yeah, no. looking woman, uh like from uh the Vikings series, for example, on I think it's on Netflix here. It's probably on Netflix everywhere. Uh, but you know that Vikings show, all the women in that were, okay, they were hot at some point, but you know their default look was these warrior women, yes. ass kicking. That's what I want, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. I don't yeah. need the kind of half-naked barbarian woman on my well, shelf. Michelle Rodriguez in the Dungeons and Dragons film. She's cool and, you know. Yeah. Not totally. sort of yeah. sexualized yeah. in any way. Yeah, it doesn't need to be, you know. It's like, I no, don't it need sexualized men either. You know? No, no. So no House of Noble Bear then, John, that's what you're saying. No sexualized <laughs> men. You know, I suppose, I, suppose I don't look at like, them no, that no, way, but like, you know, unnecessary at least, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It won't happen. But I, and we've talked about it before. But Don't undermine your point before saying it. Yes, it will happen. <laughs> and <laughs> well, if you're well, right, you're in a hero. <laughs> I'd love if they were going to do a 2.0 and they were going to... Sorry, you, a 1.0 female, but a version 2, I would love it to be. And yes, I am pausing because I've gone blank on her name. Gina? Uh, no, no, no. I think Gina's good as she is. Freya? Um, it, Freya. I would love us to have Freya as a, a redone as a, a 2.0. I think she'd suit that perfectly. Yeah. You think she was pretty good though, no? Oh, she's very cool. I really like her, but I just she's because it's that it's that sort of classic sort of um Valkyrie. Oh, Valkyrie look, isn't it? There's always that one larger warrior woman that's always uh, part of the Valkyries. Well maybe they'll they'll throw us on a curveball and that'll be the Viking line they go in. So actually it's a female one point zero female barbarian book. But it's actually a Viking, so they can tick those two things off in one go. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Anyway, Rich, go on. Uh, I also had um, that the dwarf tribute to Justin. Oh yeah, um, it's. I mean, you know, we've got to get it at some point. However, having said having said that, though, if this rolls into All Star Seven, I think All Star Seven would be but, a good place. But for he's it. in. He's Sir Valgar's apprentice, and that's Etheron. So. He is, but he's also dressed very much like the sort of guy you'd see wandering around the north. Okay. With all his furs and that sort of stuff. So I could see him being a son. Okay. Uh, son. Uh, 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 bear, noble rather. bear, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the bear mount. I Part of me thinks we're guaranteed to get it because it's the house of the noble bear, but part of me thinks how are they going to reuse those pieces unless they did a polar bear mount in a future wave or something like that. Are they going to really struggle? I mean, I know, and some people have said it, it's sort of been blown out of the water, this idea that they 
they won't do something like, you know, the skeletal horse is the perfect example. It's been said a lot of, on a few of the shows. I think Dor Claire talked about it. Um, but yeah, the bear mount is just how will it get used in the future? So I wonder if we'll actually get more of an anthropomorphic bear and maybe a half giant bear or a brute scale bear or, you know, fit with, although that would be good. I mean, there were a couple of, who was it? I think Leland had one and. Paul Giraldo, Paul's Customs, had yeah. uh, ogre-sized bears last year at Legion's Con, and they both looked brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I could see an ogre-sized bear working really well. Cool. Well, guys, we need to get out of here soon, so anything we do. else? Let me, whip, the... let me whip through my less likely ones quickly, yeah, John. Go for it. Uh, before before John falls asleep, for anyone that's, you know... No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm camera. good. I'm good. I'm more, um, I'm more thinking about tomorrow, John, trying to get this together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me, but I'd be slightly disappointed if we get another Mercurian. I think mm. we've had enough. I love the Mercurians. And I love Gladiators. I got Gladiator faction, but I think we've had enough of them in the House of the Noble Bear now. If you if you're going to do Noble Bear, make it barbarians. I tend to agree, but if we have another one, I'd like uh, like one that kicks the ass of all the other ones and kind of makes you yeah. go, okay, now this is a proper. No, the the other ones are proper Mercurians. But it'd be like, oh, oh, this one kicks the ass of all the others. Wow. And that's your ultimate yeah. Mercurian. And that could be a brute scale figure in fairness. So you could have like a brute scale ex-gladiator with like some of the really big heavy weapons and the really big heavy helmets. Um, yeah, that would work well, I think. Uh, although I'd rather not see them. Um, I would love this, but I'm not sure we're quite there yet. But a giant, so we've got half giant. So let's go for the full yeah, 15 inch cool. tall giant. Expensive um, but cool. <laughs> expensive but cool. Yeah, I mean that—that's the other thing. You, you, when you start getting big stuff like that in a massive wave, it might push the price right up. Bring Mondo and ask, can you use the book, the tooling for yeah. the man book? Yeah, that'd yeah. be all right, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, those figures drove me daft. Just so I'm not tacking it on at the end, and it fits in with the uh, um, sort of my one last thing is if we are getting this is going back to if 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 Rising Suns is a hint. I think the noble bear could be the one that gets the samurai slash Ronan figure um, mm. in it, which is where the monkey armor could be used. Oh, That's Rich. a noble bear that I'd approve of. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I, I can see yeah. you. I can see you turning in front of my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if they got one of those, that's when Jeremy can look at me in the G-Con crowd and I'll be going, yes! <laughs> well, he has said he's going <laughs> to turn you, so. <laughs> um, and then the last three things on my list. So um, I've put down a human-sized raven creature because ravens are really popular in Norse law. Uh, and that's so that might time with what Mal was saying about a bird of some sort. Holy so shit, you it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, a yeah. raven in there sort of yeah. thing. If you're going down that thing, you know, that's a huge thing. It is very Game of Thrones, though. Yeah. Um, I put down, and this was before the, the story came out that we read earlier, uh, a two-pack of tiny elves or gnomes. I think, I think I keep saying this, I said it for Cosmic too, but it really is time that we get a, a pack of two little figures together mm. in one. And obviously they mentioned gnomes. So hopefully that might... Yeah. yeah. Um, so that might push that. I mean, elves, elves are very common in Scandinavian folklore in terms of the, the little folk as it were but gnomes would be fine as well but a little just a size difference it would yeah it would make my g-con quite frankly if they had a little two pack of figures like that it'd be brilliant um and then the last thing for me and this is a bit out there but the yeti of some sort oh the noble bear 
Yeah, brilliant. So a big hulking fur thing with oh, yeah. massive Soft, teeth. Central. See, and, see Jessam is currently killing himself trying to trying to get that together. Yeah, that's yeah that that for me would be that would be perfect. I'd be up hugging Jeremy Gerard if they had that in the Sons of the no- uh, in the House of Noble. Well, I mean, mind. I know it's too late, Jeremy, up. but you know, if you if that is in the works, you can get prepared for that hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last one, yeah. Uh, bit of a comedy one but a drinking buddy for Torgan it's possible it's possible mm. I mean Torgan... I was about to say have we had enough dwarves now but I won't say that obviously because Anthony will hunt me down at Legion's gone and kill me we've already said it but we have <laughs> yeah but we have had quite a few dwarves already this year so I'm wondering if they're thinking mm, yeah but it's a drinking well buddy for Torgan you know uh, kind yeah, of big, yeah. I'd love a big hairy head kind of you know Torgan, like to make Torgan look like the kind of one that's kind of together, <laughs> you know, because he's got the mohawk. He knows he knows how to brush his hair in the morning. This other fella just looks like wild. That would be fun, you know, because there's always two of them. And Torgan yeah, strikes me as, as a bit of a lunatic. Well, yeah. we can get back. We can get round now to looking at all the other GCOM prediction shows that we've denied ourselves uh, <laughs> as we've put our predictions together. Yeah, I watched. Um, Warclair one, but I, I made sure I wrote my list before I watched it. Yeah. So it's like I'm influenced at all by this show. I'm yeah. just gonna, you know, do my exactly. It's tough. It's it. It's something you realize when you when you start to show, is that, uh, oh, I I have to be careful about where, where I'm influenced on stuff, or when later news comes out, you have to kind of just do your own thing, because otherwise you sound like you're just parroting someone else's opinion. Mm. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, it's not ideal. You know. But of course, the opinions could match too, you know, and then, well, that's okay too. But uh, yeah, we like to come up with our own stuff. So that's it, lads. Any any more thoughts? This is this is the last time we're going to uh, talk on the podcast before Legion's gone, which is incredible. Ah, uh, what I will, yeah, it's bad, what, isn't it? what I will say is, uh, we should all do as much or as little, but as much as we can of just kind of uh, documenting our trip to Legion's Con on our various pages uh, or even your own pages, uh, Facebook and whatever else, just for the crack, just to yeah. r- ramp up. Funny enough, I was thinking that, yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. be quite good if we all yeah. post happenings. Exactly. Yeah, port. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. My flight's at quarter past eleven. I'm, I'm. It's kind of a weird time because I'm running into rush hour everywhere. <laughs> if I want to be there on time, <laughs> but uh, I think I'll just build an hour extra into it and hope for the best. Yeah, mine's mine's not too bad. I went for a slightly later one, so I'm on the four o'clock flight. Ah, yeah, out from here. So, um, which means I don't need to leave Bristol until like I think my coach is eleven o'clock in the morning. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's it's much better than last year when I was in the coach station for like eight in the morning and that sort of stuff. So yeah. it's you know fighting through rush hour traffic to get to the coach station. That's oh, been yeah. avoided this time. My flight from is uh, about I forget ten half ten, but I just decided to spend the money and stay at the hotel at the airport yeah. <laughs> and just roll out. Yeah, and that day. feeling. Yeah, we've done we've done trips in the past, like mates, uh, you know, kind of lads trips or whatever. Or yeah, you spend the night in the airport hotel beforehand uh, yeah. because the flight's at crazy clock. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's not too bad, but it just saves that worry of getting there in the morning. Yeah, and if it? you can, so, you know, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. kind of do the same as well. But uh, you know, you've got other commitments though, haven't you? Whereas it's just me. I always get a coach that gets me due to get me there three hours before the flight. So if that coach is cancelled or whatever, I know there's one an hour later. So I still get there yeah. for two hours before the flight. Yeah. So I'll still be fine for check-in and all that sort of thing. Yeah, that's the other thing. And uh, well, I mean, we all have direct flights this year. That's also good. You had a indirect one last year, Mal, but you got away with I it. I did. Yeah. But this, well, I mean, yeah, it was fine from everything. I managed to do all my, uh, yeah connections and all that but uh it was such a long what day was the customs that. like at newark last year was it a long queue no oh, no mine i got no. really quick was that, was yeah an I hour, was... hour and a half at jfk so i'm hoping for oh god no i was not through in 15 minutes if that okay. yeah yeah same and that was and that was with a lady at the counter fawning over the guy that was in his martial arts stuntman club thing <laughs> i mentioned before oh before yeah me, sort i of know what it was <laughs> i know what it was at jfk had all these germans going to the new york uh, marathon yeah, yeah, that was it yeah, yeah. i was uh, wondering why okay. everyone had a pair of trainers on their rucksack i was like did i miss a trick here and realized they're all marathon yeah, no. owners <laughs> no newark when i got in was, was really quiet oh, okay. yes. because I, I landed it was like it was very much rush hour. It was like five o'clock yeah. or something in the evening, but it was yeah, really quiet. And I have this electronic visa from last year that's still valid. Yeah, mine's yeah. still valid as well. Yeah. So oh, yeah, the Esther, yeah, 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 I've got that. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah. Same valid from last it, year. The weird thing uh, is on it. It, it <laughs> you have the hotel you're staying on on the visa. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's from last year, but then it says it's valid until 2024 or whatever. You can update it, although I updated it and then it didn't update the one that I could print out. So. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just going to wing it. I'm sure that'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Fine. yeah. You don't have to. It says, you know, it just says you can. Okay. So. Well, I won't. <laughs> they charge me more money. That would be it. Well, anyway, there's the travel logistics out of the way. Um, yes. Guys. <laughs> We'll be in touch over the next days. Uh, I'll be post. Watch out for our socials. Uh, we'll be posting various things between myself and Rich, especially about what we might have on the table. I'll be deciding on my price list, uh, trying to finish the last painted pieces and driving my wife up the walls. So that sounds great. Uh, <laughs> so take it easy, lads. Great to chat. Yeah, definitely. Always. Yeah, really good. I can't wait to edit the story together because it's going to be amazing. I hope so. I hope <laughs> so everyone exciting. likes it. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. All right. I hope Take Mr. Gerard likes it. <laughs> and yeah. for, for this week of all weeks, Rich. Stay safe, everybody out there. <laughs> Legion's got here we come, baby. Hey, boo, 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 boo. And don't piss yourself. <laughs> <laughs>